Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Change today. We want to leave this place changed. We don't want to be the same. We want to leave impacted by you. So I pray, Holy Spirit, that you speak through me, that every single word that comes out of my mouth will be out of from your Holy Spirit and from your heart, Jesus, to your people today. In Jesus' name. As I was kind of preparing my testimony, I felt God was saying to me that um, we're to all to prepare your testimony as well. So if if you have a story, you do have a story. So every single person in this place has a story and God wants to use it. So God said to me, tell them that you are to write your story down and be prepared because God wants to use it for such a time as this. So there's somebody out there that needs to hear what you have to say, what you have, your story, what you're going through. There's a reason we go through, you know, we go through different things in our lives and there's a reason for that. So I feel like God is asking you to write it down and expect God to send somebody that wants, that needs to hear that word. Who knows if they're going to get saved? Definitely we'll get encouraged because God is that God. He's a good God and he encourages us even through little things. Even if you feel like your story is not that big or not miraculous, there is something, you know, a gem, a, a a precious, something precious that God has to share. Um, so I just want to give you, and I believe that our testimonies are precious to God. It's our, it's, it's our, it's his love for us. So it's a story of his love for us. Our, our testimonies, our stories are his love for us. And I feel like God just has something different that he wants to use. It's also, the Bible also talks about that it's a weapon against our accuser. So um, in Revelations 12, 11, it says, we over, they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. It just means that we, as a church, we as God's people overcome the enemy, the accuser, um, through the blood of Jesus and the word and our testimony and that we testify that God is who he says he is and he is true what he says and his word is true and we can trust in him amen so please write it down and believe that God is going to use it for his glory and his purposes so um, I just wanted to give you a little bit background of myself um if if you don't know, my name is Aline Mesquita Cardoso. Robin's pretty long. Um, <laughs> um, I know I didn't take all my, my name. I just, you know, added Stephen's name on it. So just to make it easy for me. Um, so I'm from Brazil and Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. And my town is, um, has got the beautiful view of Jesus, the Christ, the Redeemer. So across the bay is the big Jesus Christ, the Redeemer. That's what we kind of see. We've got the best view in, in Rio. Um, we, un- unlike Stephen's family, who comes from a generation of Christians, of a generation of pastors, um, my family is completely different. My dad, my dad's side, so my grandmother, um, my grandfather wasn't really a Christian or, or he wasn't, he didn't have, he was an atheist, so he didn't really believe in God. And that, that I remember, I can remember, he didn't really 
have you know a religion or anything. Um, my grandmother uh, was from Macumba. Macumba is uh, is Afro Brazilian witchcraft. So that's what my grandmother was into. Um, and my grandfather and my mom's side, um, my grandmother was a devoted Catholic and Brazil, it's quite, it's quite a, a Catholic background, like a Catholic country. So my grandmother was a very devoted Catholic and my grandfather, he was, um, Macumbeiro is what we call. And he was also from a Macumba, from, um, Afro Brazilian witchcraft. And, but he was quite high up and he had, he was like a priest. So he had his center and he did all, you know, witchcraft and stuff. So but he was quite, quite a well off guy um and that's kind of my family background yay (laughs) um but my mom got saved when I was young so when I was about nine years old my mom got saved and she took us to church uh so we kept on going to church and my dad would come occasionally uh to this day he's not really a Christian um so he my mom kept us taking us to church and I got saved. I I accepted Jesus in my life and I got baptized when I was about 10 years old. And then my parents were talking about moving to America. So the whole family moved to Boston and America. And we lived there and we kept on going to church. Uh, My mom took us to church. Dad would come occasionally. And so um, when I remember when I was about uh, 17, 16, 17, I started looking at my friends kind of drinking and, and stuff. Not that much. They didn't really drink that much, but started drinking. So it kind of gave me a little bit of a, ooh, I want to try that, you know, um, as you do, I guess, when you're a teenager. Um, so I remember they started talking about it again to go back to Brazil. And I thought, Great, because I had heard that Brazil was quite like open to drinking and, you know, young people partying. And so I was excited. So I thought, I'm not going to church anymore. I decided in my mind that I don't want to go to church. So I didn't have to, you know, not do what I wanted to do. Uh, So I got to Brazil and I started making friends, um, never went to church and didn't make any church friends so um started drinking and partying and smoking and you know got into that lifestyle of of partying and drinking um and life was was actually good it wasn't bad it wasn't like I was suffering or anything so I did knew that that there was something wrong that I was doing wrong and I remember one of one of the parties that I went to at a friend's house she threw a, a, a party at her house and she was a, a Catholic so I remember on her door it said and I got there drunk already for the party so when I looked at her door it said Jesus is the Lord of this house and what do you think I felt I was like ah oh, God what am I doing this is me drunk. And I thought, God, what am I doing? So then 
um, that was it. I didn't really do much about it. So I continued on with the party lifestyle that I had. And uh, but life life was good. I didn't. I don't want you to think that life wasn't good. Um, I was. I finished school, high school, and I went to university and I started architecture. And I was with my parents and you know um, working my parents' business. Um, but there was something missing, and there was something that was wrong. And I knew that it was wrong, and I knew that I was doing wrong. Um, and but then I got introduced to pot, you know, Mariana or weed or whatever you call it. Um, and I started smoking pot. So and when I started smoking, it just every single vision I had was dark. Um, I saw horrible things like um, kind of like shadows and things and I I felt like that was kind of demons and kind of lurking in the shadows and looking at me and and kind of trying to get me and and every time I smoke it was dark and dark like that to a point where on my fourth time when I smoked I had what we call teto preto is like when you smoke so much that you you have um what do you call it um overdose yeah of pot I don't even know if you can call that but it was kind of overdose of pot and I had this horrible image um I felt like it was in the I was in the room and it was dark and and then I heard this it was paralyzing fear I couldn't move and I was in this black dark room and all I could hear was, ha, 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 you are mine now. You belong to me. This horrible voice, ha, 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 you belong to me. You're mine. You're mine. And it kept on saying over and over and over again. And I had this fear and I was paralyzed. And I remember, I remember all of a sudden, I said, no, I belong to Jesus and I choose Jesus and this, I have free will to decide, and I choose Jesus. So I remember I got out of, of that, and I kept on living my life, and believe it or not, I continued on the same things that I was doing, partying, and, you know, and I, I remember there was a time in my life where I felt like it was a crossroad. I kind of felt like it was kind of the Holy Spirit. I didn't know that the Holy Spirit was working in me, but now I do, and I feel like the Holy Spirit was kind of, I was at a crossroad where I felt like the Holy Spirit was kind of saying, choose, this is it, choose, he didn't want to, he didn't give up on me, I could see that he gave me so many chances, but I felt like he was saying choose, and, um, and I remember I went to this beautiful island for a New Year's party, and all my friends went, and it was amazing um, island off of the coast of Rio, I said, I'm, I'm definitely going to that, um, so we went, and I remember everyone partying, and it was at night time, and, you know, fireworks, and the lot, and I remember everyone getting high, and, and, and drinking, and partying, and it felt like, it felt like to me, like it was, um, like a, a slow motion, you know, have you had, ever had that, where you just like, it's like a slow motion, and I just realized where where I was and like, what am I doing? I wasn't drunk or anything. And I remember with a cigarette in my hand, I went down on my knees at the beach and I said, God, I can't do this anymore. 
I, I need your help. Please, God, I, I need your help. I, I, I want to be a proper Christian. And that's what I said. That's all I said. I want to be a proper Christian. So I knew that my mom, my, my aunt was coming from America to visit us. And I went home. So when I got home, she was there. And she had brought a pastor, uh, Assemblies of God pastor, to pray for our family. And I remember um, everyone standing up in my house to pray in the lounge. When I got there, everyone was kind of up, standing, and ready to pray. And this is my brothers and, and, and my mom and dad and my aunt. And we started praying. or well, he started praying. I didn't pray. Um, and I remember he started praying for me. And he said, just like that. He said, you think that you are the black sheep of the family, but you're not. You're the pillar of your house. And I want you to go. I want you to go to America. I want you to change. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you to be a Christian. And I couldn't believe it because I've never had prophecies ever in my life. I came from a Baptist background. So I never had that. Um, I was shocked. I burst out in tears. I'm like, how did you know? You know, so I, from right there in the lounge, I went into my room and I packed my bags and I said, I'm going. I'm leaving everything. But my aunt was meant to leave in a couple of weeks, and I think a week or two. So I said, hold on, I, I want to, to say goodbye to my friends. I was dating at the time for three years. I needed to break up with my ex-boyfriend, and you know how it is, and say goodbye to my friends, and hold on, Mom, I'm, I'm, I'm not ready to go yet. And um, my mom and dad said no. Um, I, was at, I was 20 at the time. So she said, no, they said, no, I don't think it's a good idea for you to go by yourself. So I just prayed and said, God, you need to provide. So a friend of mine said she was also going to Florida, to Miami, to Boca. And I thought, okay, God, I hear you. Let's go. Um, so we, we went. We went um, and I remember that was the last time I smoked in the airport. And when I got to America, it was like a huge change in me. I decided I'm going to, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it well. So I started really seeking God out and praying and seeking him. And I remember there was, our church was quite big. So it was thousands of people, it was about a thousand people in our church. And, um, and I remember praying and, and, and in the service worshiping and all of a sudden I started speaking in these tongues and I couldn't understand what it was and I didn't know that that was me being filled with the spirit and me being baptized in the Holy Spirit so um and I started really seeking God out and I remember one of these services that the lady she she was preaching and she just said you with a red shirt God said that I'm he's gonna give you a husband you guys are going to be called to ministry. It's going to be to many nations. And he's going to be a pastor. And I said, okay, God. Um, so I started praying and fasting for my husband. And I started praying and fasting for him. And I also felt like I was called to the ministry. So I started Bible college. And I started working for the church. Um, 
and my life just continued on like that. And I met Stephen, and then and I really started praying for him, and and and, and I really uh, exactly, you know what I mean. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> And I started fasting for him because he was going to another church. He was going to a Baptist church. And I wanted him to come to my church. Ladies, you know what I'm talking about. If you want your man, you need to pray for him to come to you. So I said, God, just bring him to my church. And he did. And so we started dating. And we got engaged and got married within a year. Um, but God had other plans, so he moved us to Brazil, and it was such an amazing time for us, because when we got to Brazil, um, it was like we were growing spiritually together, you know, as a couple. We were just six months married, so it was, yeah, it was a lot for us, um, but it was good, and God just did such amazing things. Um, we saw people getting healed miraculously. We saw people um, getting um, demon possessed, getting you know set free, and it was just amazing. It was an amazing time. Uh, but then God moved us from there. I mean, Stephen's got great testimonies as well and stories about how God has done miraculous work in him. Because when we got there, we were helping a church, and he didn't speak Portuguese at all. And at that time, when we got there, we were help, helping. He was preaching in Portuguese, and I was translating. But by the time we left, you know, a year and a half later, he was preaching in Portuguese. I mean, that to me is a miracle in itself, not to give him, you know, not to minimize him but give glory to God because that was quite an amazing time um, but God we felt God was moving us on again so we moved to Scotland and uh, I know right uh, within what, a year a year and a half a year and a half that we were married moved us to Scotland um, and it was such a powerful time but there was one time when I woke up in the morning and I couldn't see. My eye just wouldn't work. I couldn't see. I couldn't really see. I could only see the peripheral. And I didn't think anything of it. I thought, oh, there's something in my eye. And because it was the weekend, then we went to the mall and I went to see the, the optician. I thought the optician will know, you know, if there's something in my eye and she'll get it out. So... We got there, and she said, no, hold on. This is, this is more, a bit more serious than I can help you with. So she right there referred me to the doctor. And I said, you know, you, know, you start questioning what's happening here. So I went to the doctor the, next, the, the same week, that Wednesday. And the, the specialist said, there's something wrong with your eye. It's called optical neuritis that you have. You might be blind. I thought, oh, great. And, you know, and he said, um, it either, it'll either not heal, you might stay as you are, um, or it just will get worse and you'll, you'll be blind. So we, I kind of held myself together and I got to the car and I burst out crying. I said, God, what's happening? I can't, I can't, 
I can't be blind. I, I need to see. I, you know, I don't have, we don't have kids yet. And, we've, you know, my, head, my life ahead of me. Um, so then the next week came and I went to see the specialist again. Because at that time I was then going every week. And she, he kind of was checking. And I forgot to say, but my hand started, started, my arm started stopped working and then that was just between the weekend and the Wednesday and we went to the the specialist and I said I google optical neuritis and what that means is and I'm telling him right what that means and and it it's it's one of one of um MS can be you know, one of the um, first symptoms of, of MS, optical neuritis. And the way that you can kind of check what that is, is doing an MRI. And I said, can I have an MRI, please? And he's like, and I actually thought he was going to come back to me and say, uh, I don't think so. Uh, that's not how it works here. But he was actually quite graceful. And he said, yeah, uh, let's do it. So right there, he, he did an MRI. And he said, I don't have, I'm not a neurologist, so I can't read it. So I'm going to send it to the neurologist, and he's going to check. So that was sent. And then the next week came, Wednesday came. And she came and kind of checked my eye. And she said, I noticed your face is droopy, you know, drooped. And I said, I didn't really notice it, but now that you said it is kind of, you know, it's kind of like when you don't, when nobody mentions or says anything, you know, you, you don't really think of it. So it started drooping and next weekend came and by then I had stopped, not stopped, but I had problems swallowing and I was biting my tongue and I had a patch in my eye because I was getting really dizzy. So you can imagine, patch in my eye, my hand not working. Couldn't swallow properly. And I thought, what is happening? Stephen, can you please just take me to the doctor? I want to go to the doctor. So at the weekend, we went to the hospital to see a doctor. And they didn't let me out. They said, no, no, you're staying. So... I thought, this is serious. And so then the neurologist came to see to see me at the hospital. And he said, I can't, I can't really diagnose you because you have to have certain things like the MRI and you need to have a lumbar puncture in order for me to see if it is MS. So he did all those things. And by the end, he said, yes. You have multiple sclerosis. And if you don't know what that is, there's no healing from MS. Um, you can get, you know, worse and worse. And it's, it's kind of like a, an autoimmune disease which attacks your own body. So you can get, you know, really bad. Um, so then I just prayed. And I remember God just encouraged me. I felt like he injected me with faith if I can say and I remember I said you know things were getting worse like my legs started stopped working so kind of all my left side was all 
not working. Um, but I still, I don't know, I think I was so close to God at that time. You know, when you just desperately need God, that's when you seek, isn't it? You feel like, but the Bible says that draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. I drew so close to God because I desperately needed him. And I feel like he injected just such faith in me. And when the doctor came, he said, um, we need to come and see me at my office and we need to talk about, you know, um, different remedies and different medications that you know to go on. So I went home and, um, but it was really bad and I felt so bad for Stephen because he had to like help me to bath and brush my hair, put my hair up and I said, you're not doing it right and I was getting so frustrated with him and you know how it is ladies, it's really hard for a guy to do it. Anyway, um, so it was really hard and my, the church, I was working at the church at the time and the church decided to bring my mom. I said, oh, praise God, my mom is going to take care of me. So mom came and helped us. It was such a blessing for us. And, um, and I was so glad she came because when just a couple of days later, I had an infection and I stopped talking. So I couldn't talk. And so I went back to the hospital. Uh, I was in crutches and I was kind of limping crutches and I couldn't. So you can, can you picture it? Can you picture like, sorry. Um, it was really hard. I got to the hospital and I was in, in um, on, what's it called? Um, it's a medication, steroids for a whole week. And then when I went back home, I went back to the hospital again and more steroids. And when the, the doctor saw me, the, I went to, when I was out of the hospital, we went to the the neurologist, and he said, um, he said, I have a, a, a good medication to give you, it's, uh, but it's very, very strong, because the MS is so strong, or, or, you know, yeah, advanced, that this is the medication I can give you, but there is a side effect that I need to tell you, it could be a prop, a, you know, a, a side effect, or a, um, something that can happen to you. It's uh, an infection of the brain and you can die. And, and I thought, oh my goodness, Lord, what's happening here? But I also wanted to take medication to get better, you know? So I started praying and I felt like God gave me a word. And I felt like God gave me a scripture. In Mark, Mark, um, Mark 16, if you have it on the... Mark 16, and it says, and these signs will follow those... Who believe in my name, they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, if they drink anything deadly, it will be by no means hurt them. So I grabbed onto that and I said, I'll take it, and I nothing's gonna happen to me. And you know, I started taking it, and it took a year for me to obviously go back to normal. I had physio, and I had uh, speech therapist, and I had occupational therapist, and you know, all these things. And I was taking the medication for a year, but then I said to the neurologist I want to stop my medication I feel like I'm doing really well I um, I'm 28 and I want to start having kids so he said hold on a second you need to actually think about your life and your health before 
you plan any children. So I said, well, let's, let's do that then. Let's finish my medication. So a year later, I said, I really want to do an MRI to see how things are going. And if the MRI goes well, can I come out of my medication, off my medication? And he said, yes. So I've done an MRI and guess what? Uh-huh. It came clear. I mean, it was still there. The scars were still there. But it had shrunk. It shrunk and there was no new ones. So then that's when we started trying for children. And, um, and I, I also, I get MRIs done every single time I had kids. And every time it came, it came clear. So praise God, because God cares. You know, the Bible, the Bible always talks about how He is faithful to us. You know, we can trust in Him. We testify that He is good and that He can be trusted. Amen. Um, I felt uh, the Bible, the, my, pa- my pastor in Brazil used to always say, with small battles, you have small victories. But big battles, you have big, big victories. I love to even say that without battles, you have no victory at all. So, you know, with, with, with battles, you come victory. How can, we, how can we see God's faithfulness in our lives if we don't go through troubles and tribulations, isn't it? Um, so I just want to praise God. And uh, if the worship team could come up. Um, I really felt like God never gave up on my life. God never gave up in me, on me. Um, I felt like he always gave me chances after chances after chances. And um, if I felt like he just did so much work in me. And I do believe that if somebody's here, if we can buy our heads, um, I do believe if... He's not given up on me. And I feel like there's someone here as well that God wants you to know that he's not given up on you, but you're in a crossroad and you need to make a decision. And this is it. This is now. So I just want to ask Stephen to pray. Can we just keep our heads bowed? And you know, um, just... This is a story I've heard many times and a story that I've, I've partly lived. And, you know, one thing that really struck me and every time, like Alini said, is the fact that God never gave up on her. She turned her back on God for a period of time and she, she lived the life. And, and in some parts it was good. But the one thing that was missing was Jesus. She always felt that there was something missing from my life. And I believe there are people here today. There's people that maybe have have walked away from God or living the life and enjoying it to a certain degree, but there's still something missing. There's still something missing. And I believe that God wants to challenge you today and say, this is your crossroads. This is your crossroads. Are you going to make a decision to be, I know Eleni joked about it, a proper Christian? Are you going to really sell out to Jesus? Because if you do, he will not let you down. If you sell out to him, that's where you have fullness of life. That's where you have peace. That's where you have purpose. And Alini can testify about the purpose in her life that was been wasted, that was been lost. But she made a decision and she said, Jesus, I'm yours. I'm following you. And so I want to challenge you today. Maybe it's for the first time. 
But maybe it's also something that you're doing again because you've walked away from Jesus. But to say, Jesus, I need you. I want to make my decision to put you first. And all heads are still bowed. So it's just, just me here and, and, and not everyone's looking around. But if you want to either rededicate your life to Jesus or if you want to say, Jesus, for the first time, I want to trust you. I wonder if you would just raise your hand because I'd love to pray with you. Thank you. Thank you. There's hands going up. And whether it's a first time or a rededication, any others? Yes, see all the hands. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Jesus, I just pray for these people. Lord, precious people to you, God. I pray, Lord, that today will be a crossroads. Today will be a day that they will stamp in their memory and remember the day they turned their life to Jesus. The day they chose to say, Jesus, I'm fully sold out for you. God, I pray that you fill them with the Spirit, that you fill them with boldness and purpose and certainty. God, that they can make a difference for you, Jesus. So I pray for each person that has raised their hands in Jesus' name. But you know, there was something else that just is, Alini has testified of today. And that's the power of God's healing touch. God's healing touch. You know, Alini will will say, and, and she maybe would have said, but there's certain little things that she still has reminding her of what she's gone through. It's not 100%. But tell me, but let me tell you, God has done some amazing things in her life. That she's standing up here today instead of being in crutches or a wheelchair because God has touched her and healed her. She has vision in her sight, in her eyes. Praise God. She can drive, all of these things. But she didn't go through that by accident. She went through that so that God can show His power and His glory through her. And God can say, yes, in the Bible He healed, but today He heals too. And we know that God doesn't change. In fact, His healing power is is something that is in God from eternity to eternity. And God can touch you today and heal you too. And so we, we want to, I'm going to give Alini the mic in a moment to pray for those who, who just need a healing touch. Would you be bold enough just to raise your hand if you need a healing touch from God today? Maybe there's somebody here who is a family member, um, who has a family member, and, and it's not you, but you just want to raise your hand on behalf of that family member, believing that God's going to touch them and heal them. Alini, would you just pray? Yes, Jesus, you see all the hands, God, that have been raised on, on for them and for behalf of their family members. God, we believe in a God that heals, a God that is powerful, a God that can, and a God that loves us all the same. You don't love one special and the other one less. God, you love us all the same. Lord, we, we go through these things, God, because you want to show your power. So we pray that this morning, God, you show your power. Lord, your word says that whatever we ask in Jesus' name, it will be done for the glory of God. So I pray in Jesus' name that you bring healing, God, to these people. Lord, you know exactly what they're going through today. You know exactly what their family members are going through today. Lord, meet them, God, in their need. I pray in Jesus' name. God, be glorified in their lives, God, that they will give test testimonies after testimonies after testimonies of your faithfulness because we rely on you God we trust in you there is none like you Jesus 
We worship you this morning, God, with our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Alini. And um, we're going to just stand to our feet, um, if you can. It's, it's a lovely summer's day, and, and we're almost done. But we just, we just bless you for being here today. And, and you know what? God has been here. Um, in this gathering of his people today. And we pray that lives have been touched, that people have been impacted for God's glory. But as we sing this last song, Jesus, I need you. Um, let's make that a declaration. Let's say, Jesus, wherever we are, whether we're uh, believing him for healing, whether we're turning our life back to Jesus, or whether we're just here because we come every week, we can ter- certainly say, Jesus, I need you. We need him. So we're going to sing that. Just as, as we sing, the offering baskets are going to go around as well. And so this is your opportunity, if you are a regular here at Arena, just to, to, to give back to God, um, because he is so generous to us and has given us so much. Um, We always say if you're a guest here today, please don't feel uh, obliged in any way that you have to put something in. Just let that pass by.